Well, hello there. Hello. Look, it's me. It's Mark. It's Trucking Answers. And welcome to the podcast version of Trucking Answers. It's good to be here. This is an occasional podcast, as we say now, until we can get back to a regular schedule. We are going to give you a full episode today. I'm here with my co-host, Gracie, who's currently scratching up the couch, which is nice considering she has a big scratcher right next to the couch. So that's how cats go. Eventually, she'll be over here to give her input on what's happening in trucking. Today, we're going to have some trucking news, some automotive news, and yet another reason we're not on Mars. Do you know why we don't live on Mars? I'm going to tell you, because there's a bunch of stupid, idiot, dumb people here on this planet that are morons that are wasting our money so we can keep them alive by feeding them dry cheese sandwiches, generally in prison, or sometimes in other places. Either way, we can't get there where Elon Musk has a summer home. So I'm told. So let's get to what's happening today in trucking. I saw this. It was pretty interesting. The People's Convoy. Remember them? People that drove across the country, went to Washington, D.C., stayed in the Speedway, their Hagerstown Speedway, would drive around the Beltway uh, every day, and then eventually they drove home. And then they went to Idaho, from what I understand, and then they drove back. All right, so... uh, They went to the Speedway, but were told, no, thank you. So a few of them were still in there, and they finally got evicted out of there. The owner of the Speedway, where they used to stay, said, it's like, this is a direct quote, right? It's like when your mother-in-law comes to visit, and then she won't leave. So that's pretty good. That's pretty good. My question is, for you that support this kind of thing, what is the point of it now? Okay, I would like to know that. What are we trying to accomplish? And that's a serious question. I don't know what we're trying to accomplish now. Okay, there's really no vaccine mandate other than at some companies, which supposedly, uh, you know, that's okay. It's okay with me if they have it. You can always quit and go work somewhere else. I do see some ads now that say no vaccine required. So that's pretty interesting. And I've actually seen a couple that say it is required. So it says uh, because of the customers we go to, vaccine is required. All right, well, there's your choice, right? Choice. Remember choice? Yeah, so there's that. I don't know what else we're trying to accomplish here. What is it? Yeah, okay, we don't want logs and we don't want... I get all that, right? That's a perennial thing in trucking. But what is the People's Convoy accomplishing by driving back and forth across the country? Freedom? Well, apparently they have the freedom to drive back and forth across the country without hauling any freight. So that's pretty good. I like that. I'd just like to know what the point of it all is at this point. Now, this would have been a great idea. Um, Oh, gosh, how many years ago now? Yeah. When all this started and the government said, hey, you can't leave your house, you can't go anywhere. Yeah, that was the problem. When businesses have to close, that was the issue. Right. That should not have happened. Businesses should have stayed open and told the government to go get bent. But nobody did that. Right. Everybody just complied. Complied. Now, now they're all upset. Oh, there's going to be a vaccine mandate. How about this? Oh, how about the government is shutting the country down? How about that? All right, that would have been the time to do it. Regardless, we're here today, and there's no national mandate. There's nobody's asked me about it uh, ever. So I don't know what to say. I don't know what else there is. The only place you have to wear a mask now is still the doctor's office, which I don't understand. But that's their policy in there. If you don't have one, they'll give you one. And if they don't like yours, which I love this, they give you a different one. They give you one of theirs. So if you go in with one of your 99-cent cloth ones, they'll give you one of their masks to wear. It's the only place that I see around here or anywhere where this is even enforced or anything else. So 
that's the story on the People's Convoy evicted out of their little speedway, Hagerstown Speedway there, because apparently it's racing season. So there you go. So the cost of diesel is always on everybody's mind uh, that owns a truck, certainly, and maybe some companies, too. And what I'm seeing out here, they just had another article. They always go interview some goofball with two trucks or one truck like this guy. Oh, one truck. Um, and that's all right if you have one truck. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that, you know, it's the cost of fuel is going to hit smaller places faster. And they're saying that, oh, well, a lot of these trucks, they're not even going to be around. They're not even going to be around if we don't get these prices. Now... Uh, diesel here is in the mid fives in here in Indiana. The gas here, by the way, four seventy nine at most stations around town here. So uh, there you go with that. But uh, yeah, he says, oh, you know, uh, now I'm forcing my one of this other place that said I'm, we're forcing our drivers to team drive. How do you think that's be, to gonna go? Because he said, you know, and make more money with the truck. That is true. Uh, I wouldn't do it. Okay, personally, I would not do it. I'd be like, no, that is not happening. Now, can he do that? Yeah, sure. You see, look. Starting tomorrow, the two of you run one truck together, and then it, then the ball's in your court. You can do whatever you want. So can they make you do it? Yeah, I think so, even though I'm not a lawyer. Because it's a company that can say you can, you're teaming now. I would not do it, period. I'm done with you know taking crap from places like that. Oh, you have to go do this. I don't have to go do jack, as they say. I don't have to do anything. I'm not going to do things anymore in trucking or anywhere else that I don't want to do. So, teaming, I'm not just not doing it. Not for a day, not for a week, not ever. The thing is, when it says, you know, oh, these trucks aren't going to be here, why is that bad? Uh, oh, Mark, that's a terrible thing to say. Not really. Not really, because the less trucks that there are, these weaker places that can't sustain themselves through uh, a problem, that's a, that's a good thing for the trucks that remain, because less trucks equals what better rates so what happened in the last you know year or so maybe a little more many people left trucking companies and went out on their own they went over and bought all these trucks up and they're out trucking i would say the vast majority of these people went into trucking and had no idea about what it takes to run a truck and certainly had no savings said no backup they're just like oh i've got 50 bucks i'm gonna go get a truck now that there's any kind of problem like this, this guy said his fuel cost went from $10,000 a month to $18,000 a month. Okay, well, that's a lot of money, uh, but it just, is it a lot? It depends on what you're getting. How much do you make spending that much money? If you make more money, the rates are better right now, then you are still doing okay. What these people could do is leave and go become a company driver. <laughs> right? They could do that. I know people, oh, Mark, well, they don't want to do that. Well, I don't know what to tell you. You know, I don't know what to tell you. If you are not making money at a business, there's no point in running a business. If you're losing money, there's no point in doing it. What's the point of being out there if you're not even making any money? <laughs> uh, if you're not even making any money. Now, on Friday, uh, we ran a lot Friday, and my truck, <laughs> as I reset the thing, got 3.3 miles to the gallon. And I'm in a Cascadia day cab. All right, and did I worry about the fuel price? Not at all. Don't care. Turns out I don't care at all about the price of fuel. That's the beauty of being a company driver. That's for the company to worry about the cost of fuel and all that kind of stuff. But for me, not my concern. And that's for most company drivers. Now, if you're getting a fuel bonus or whatever, which I never agree with, that's another story. 
But if you're an owner operator and you can't make it, then you close. That's like any other business. And does that seem harsh? Maybe, but it is the truth. The less trucks, the better the freight is for everybody else. Now, if we saw our buddy from the ATA come out there, Chris Spear, and he's all concerned again in some kind of management conference they had about truck parking. What are they going to do about it? Meaning the government. He's saying, I love it. How one side in one side, everybody fights the government on stuff unless they want something and then they want parking for it. And I still say to Chris Beer and everybody, solve it yourself. You have a private vehicle, okay, a commercial vehicle, but it's still owned by whatever company, and you need to park it. Well, you need to figure that out. <laughs> All right, it's as simple as that. Just as simple as that. If there's no parking for it, well, don't run those lanes. I mean, it's easy to have this kind of thing happen. But Chris Spear, of course, still out there trying to get the government to give him funding, to give him money, to give him all this other kind of stuff. As usual, nobody likes the government until they want something and then their hand is out or whatever else is out to get something from the government. I don't like it. You have a, you're hauling freight privately for a private carrier, a private company, whatever. It's going across this place to that place. You figure the parking out. It's your truck. You figure it out. This is another thing that I get people griping at me about all the time. Mark, I love being out here. I can't find any parking. Well, go do something else. What, Mark? That's terrible. Not really. Not really. I cannot imagine how annoying it would be now to go try to find parking every night. Okay? I cannot imagine how annoying that is. I go by these places at night and they're full already. All right? They're building a new loves here in Lafayette, Indiana. So I'll be able to go by that place probably nearly every day. It's going to be just a few miles up the road here. Exit 175 is where it's going to go for people coming up and down I-65 here in Indiana. Exit 175 will have a Love's truck stop, so get ready for that. They haven't broken ground yet. All right, it was in the news, so it's not like it's going to be ready next week. But I assume it'll be full immediately. All right, and that's a lot of these places at night. Yeah, it's a problem. It's a problem. I think you can solve that by going to do something else. But, Mark, I like doing this. Well, do you like driving around? Looking for parking, especially without being paid for it. Most road places, let's be honest, don't pay to go find parking. So when you get somewhere, if there's no parking, you got to go to another truck stop. got to go to another truck stop. That They don't pay for any of that. And they should. Because, oh, and I saw that reminds me. This popped in my head. This is kind of like a stream of consciousness uh, thing here today. I saw an ad for a place. Get paid for all the miles you drive. It said, we pay practical miles. And guess what? That's not being paid for all the miles you drive. That's being paid practical miles. I thought it was going to say hub miles. Okay, it doesn't. Hub miles is getting paid for all the miles you drive. So I, I kind of find that to be, you know, a lie, basically, uh, if not, you know, outright uh, really lying. All the miles you drive would be, you know, we check your mileage at the beginning of the day, at the end of the day, and then we pay you. Not we, this load pays 505 miles. That's practical miles. Okay, that's generally not all the miles you drive. It's close, usually close, but you're going to put 510, 515 on. Not all the miles you drive. All right, so Cisco Food Service, I'm sure you've seen their trucks run. They're buying a bunch of e-Cascadias. All right, so these are Cascadias that are electric drive trucks. Oh, because we're following the science, right? You don't follow science. Science is always challenged, 
Alright, so you challenge it and prove it. You don't follow it. That's ridiculous. So, uh, anyways, <laughs> off on that tangent. So, they're buying these E-Cascadia. So, I was looking them up. Here's the thing. They have a 438 kilowatt hour battery. I mean, kilowatt battery. Do you know, like a Model S, Tesla, 100 kilowatt for the big battery. Alright, so, it's a gigantic, gigantic battery pack. Alright, nonetheless... They are projecting possibly a 220-mile range. All right? Isn't that awesome? 220 miles. And then in 90 minutes, you get 80% of your charge back. So if it, start, if it was at zero, which you couldn't do, right, you'd be, you know, 170, 180 miles at 90 minutes of charging. And you can drive a couple of more hours. And then go charge again. And these aren't special chargers that have to be installed at the location. These are Detroit chargers. You can't just plug it in an EV go station, right? There are really no, at the moment, no commercial chargers for semis that I know of. You These have to be charged. And Cisco, that's how they would run this. It's a day cab. And that, and it's a it's a short nose day cab, and that's how it would run. It would go back to its location. I suppose for short intercity things, that might be one thing. But uh, you know, as of yet, think about this because this is the beginning of these electric trucks. So I want you to really consider this. This is a legit truck that really any company could order if they want to. And these are specs right out of Freightliner. These aren't just speculative things that or stuff I'm making up. This is right off the Freightliner site. 220 miles of range and then 90 minutes to get 80% of that range back. All right. So as you know, I don't even know that it's practical unless you're going really short distances with that truck for Cisco. It's not going to be practical. They can't go more than, you know, 50, 60 miles from the location. If you went out 100 miles... All right, and then you have to go 100 miles back. That's 200 miles. Think about that. It only has a 220-mile range, and that's a projected range. These ranges are not 100% on it. It may be better, or it may not. If you're running the air conditioning in the truck, how do you think that runs? Off the batteries. You run the lights, even though they're LEDs, right? Runs off the batteries. And yes, well, Mark, it's going to have regenerative braking. I get that. <laughs> okay, I understand that. But, uh, you know, if you have to run any other kind of accessories, you know, the wipers, all these things take power. You don't think, oh, that doesn't take much power. You know what? When you add all this stuff up, it does take power. It does take power up. So think the power steering's electric. <laughs> all right. Everything on it's electric because it's an electric truck. So you're going to have to have places that are really, really close to the location or you're going to have to build your own charging stations out there. And there's just not practical. It's, I don't find that to be practical yet. You know, to, I drive that kind, and I don't drive that far. In a 220-mile range, I find that to be ridiculous. And then 90 minutes to 80% charge back. I don't find that to be great yet. It's not the greatest. And that is a lot of juice. A lot of juice. Well, how much is juice is that really? All right, well, let's take a look at that. The battery on one, one of these Cascadias could run an average house, according to the uh, energy information uh, look, looked up by the EPA, for 15 days, half a month, yeah. Or you can run 15 households for an entire day on one charge of the battery. 
See, people don't realize how much power is needed to move a vehicle down the road. It is a tremendous amount of power. One of these semis can run 15 houses for a day. Okay, that is incredible. And it, if you're going a couple of 220 miles, if you with the second charge, you can run a household for a month. That's how much power is being put into this truck. Two charges is a month's worth of power for the average household in the United States. Think about that. Oh, well, they're saving the planet. Really? Too much power has to be produced to charge these trucks? An incredible amount. An incredible amount of power. So these are not the savings that you think, look, a Model S can run a house for a couple of days. All right? On one charge. That's how much power. You know, a Tesla can run a house on a cup for a couple of days. That's how much power is stored in these vehicles, and it's just really incredible. And people do not understand how much power it takes to move a vehicle down the road. It takes a lot of power. That's why that's why electricity is not going to be the saving grace that you think it is. If all the semis were converted to electric, oh my gosh, nobody could turn their house lights on. So think about that uh, for the moment. I saw this and I just love it. There's a, what it's called is a trucking immersion program. And what they want to do is get new people into trucking. And here's how they're going to do it. There's a 90-minute information session concluding a topic like what it takes to be a truck driver. I love it. 90 minutes. As well as some aspects of the job, like no showering for three weeks. <laughs> they should have a driver that hasn't showered. Next, after that, they're going to do practical trials where you can trot your skills in a simulator, which has nothing to do with driving, I think. I don't like companies using them. They just do it to save money, not for any other reason. Then they get hands-on experience by observing <laughs> complex maneuvers. And that's not really hands-on if you're observing. That's eyes-on. And I love the last part of it. It's a workplace visit. So you can get idea of trucking where you can visit a warehouse and a dispatch room. <laughs> right a warehouse and it now do they do they show you a dispatch room that's protected by bulletproof glass because you're so horrible to the drivers that you're afraid you're going to be shot all the time uh like many companies have and if your company has it you should quit all right if they have to lock dispatchers behind bulletproof glass and lock you out of there where you can't go talk to them you are working at a crap place i will tell you that well, and then, then if people still want to drive, they'll give them uh, information on how to get into trucking. And they're trying to get underrepresented people. It says like the youth and the youths, as uh, Rush would say, and uh, women into trucking. And I don't know how this does that. I don't know. Maybe because they go like recruit people to go try this out. And hey, uh, all you people, come on in here. You people. So uh, will that work? I don't know. It's a, one of the dumbest things I've ever heard, of course. Hey, let's go check out a warehouse. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that has nothing to do with anything because now a lot of places don't even let you come inside. Hey, why don't you sit in your truck for uh, all day out there and eventually we'll load you. Hopefully during the 90-minute session, they'll talk about all the unpaid time, how you can't find parking, uh, all these kind of things where companies just let you sit for days and, uh, you know, all that stuff and where you don't get to shower. And you can just eat unhealthy food all day. So that's pretty good. Maybe that could be part of the uh, immersion program, too. They could have an unshowered 450-pound driver come in there and talk to everybody. Look, if people want to get into trucking, I'm all for it, right? I still think it's a good career for people. Absolutely. You can live your whole life on the paycheck that it gives you. 
you'll have a job for your entire career. But I can, this kind of dumb stuff is just dumb and stupid. Why don't they, uh, you know, if you want an immersion program, say, look, you have to go on the road for a month with somebody, all right? And then you get to go see your family for two days. How about that? Give them that kind of immersion program. That would be, that'd be better. These kind of dumb things that some idiot thinks up, just look for, looks good at the press side, but doesn't really do anything for trucking. If you're working for a company that's public, like they have stock, or you're just in other public companies, I encourage you to go look at their last quarterly results. Most companies, other than uh, U.S. Express, right, which had some kind of problem, are reporting huge profits. Huge. They're huge. Bigger than ever. So big, you can't believe it. Huge. So this constant cry from companies of poverty, which I saw a meme about this. I wish I could show it to you. I'm, sh I'm looking at it right now. I wish I could show it to you right on one side. It says, you know, when uh, results come in and it shows like the Monopoly banker. Remember that guy? I don't remember what his name is. <clears throat> I don't think his name is Mr. Monop Monopoly. Anyhow, he's holding two gigantic bags of money. Right. And then when in the next picture it says when it's time to give a raise and the, then the same banker is pulling his pockets out, empty pockets. You know, isn't that something? They have all this money, but not to give out and pay. So if you're looking for extra pay at your company or they're like, well, we're not making any money or whatever, and it's public, go to their own public records and show them how much money they're making. If the CEO of that company says they're making, it's lots. And they report that to their shareholders. And it doesn't matter if you're a shareholder. Public companies have all this out in public. It turns out so that you can see like if you want to invest or whatever. So you can get this information. And it's amazing how much money these companies really, really make. I saw many, many of them reporting record profits, record profits, even though, oh, we can't get trucks. There's just part shortage. There's all these problems <clears throat> that doesn't seem to be affecting large companies. It doesn't seem to be affecting them in any way. And yet uh, their pay is not keeping up with what it should be. And I think road companies should pay more than local companies, certainly. And the highest company I've seen now in my area is 4220 an hour plus overtime in Indianapolis. And they are advertising for drivers. That is a home everyday local job. So uh, that's an indie. So there's probably something like that near you. So companies on the road should pay at least that much. I mean, come on, if you can get, you know, 4220, that's you're looking in the mid twos, you know, to $3,000 a week to be home every day. So companies over the road should be at least, at least now $2,500 a week to be gone from your house. You're giving up your whole life, your whole life. And I know companies say, well, you know, it's just not in or whatever. Well, then, you know, if you can't pay people a reasonable amount, no matter what job you are or what industry or anything, you shouldn't be in business. You're asking people to give up their lives, not just, oh, for today and then you go back home. It's, you know, you leave today and you come home in mid-June or whatever. You come home in a month or a couple, two weeks, three weeks, maybe some of them are depending where you live. Some of them are more than that. But, you know, even for weekends, whenever I see home weekends, it's usually for a 34-hour restart. That's what I'll see places. 34 hours. Oh, congratulations. A 34-hour restart. That's awesome. <laughs> That's, and then you can be gone again for the other 134 hours a week because there's 168 hours a week. So the majority of your time, the, the vast majority of your time, you know, 80% of your time, you're gone from your house. That ought to pay more 
than somebody who's home every day that you and just in ads that you can find. So, uh, and I easily find jobs at thirty to thirty-five dollars an hour in Indianapolis. So, if I can do that here by just in three minutes, I could find these jobs just with a quick search. Companies over the road should pay at least that kind of money. So, seventy hours there. Uh, you know, or 60, 70 hours, you're well past $2,000 to be home every day. And that's in Indianapolis. This isn't, you know, so road should pay more than that. I've always thought that. I've always thought that the road should pay more than local drivers because of all the time that you're gone. And the companies can say whatever they want. You're not at work. Well, doggone it. You know, almost every driver manual that I read, you know what it says? You're responsible for the safety and security of the truck while you're in the truck. All week, you know, that's why they want you there. You got to, you know, you're the security of the truck or whatever, even though you're sleeping at it. Well, that ought to pay. That ought to pay. So I think road now 2500 is what it should pay. Do they? I don't really see it. Some. I see a few where you can get that kind of money. I'm seeing 80 cents to a dollar a mile now being offered out there. And so, yeah, I guess you could come into that kind of money, but that should be, that should be like the starting point to say, look, we're going to take most of your life away that you're in the truck. <laughs> So maybe we'll actually compensate you for that. Someday, someday, someday over the rain. You, should I sing it? Should I? I'll take a poll. Oh, wait. People are already picking up tomatoes. So no, I won't sing that. But I do think, you know, maybe someday trucking companies will get this through their thick skulls, basically, that to get people to do this, they're going to have to pay. Putting out simulators and giving people a one-day thing where to try to attract people to the industry. That's great, and they may think, oh, this is the greatest job ever. But once they get out there, they're going to be like, oh, this isn't so great anymore. And I don't want to do this. That's why people don't stay. You know, uh, Pete Buttigieg can say whatever he wants, so people leave the industry. Uh, you know, they need to be paid for, you know, waiting. The pay just overall needs to go up. It really, really does. To get people to do it. You can get people to do any job you want if you'll just pay enough money. Now, this The perfect example, basically, is me. Where I was... Now, they've run, they run ads all the time. They constantly search. They use all these driver reach and all these other stupid places, uh, you know, temp services, every place else. They basically drag people off the streets, kidnap them to get them to come and work there. And we had one person in 2019 got hired and another one in 2021. And that's it. They just can't get people. They've wanted 30 or 35 drivers for years. Can't find them. Well, except that they're out there. So I find a new operation, go over there, boom, they run one ad, right? And we're filled. They get a couple of hundred applications for 23 jobs. We're filled with a waiting list. Okay, that's the difference in if you'll pay somebody versus if you won't pay them. And, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So, and he, you know, that's the thing. So companies, if you have to constantly run ads and don't have a waiting list, I don't think you're paying enough and you're not or you're not treating people good enough because even at that job at 4220, which I've never worked there or anything because it's in Indy and that's an hour or more commute, depending where it is in town each way. Presumably, if you're there and they still treat you poorly, uh, you still won't stay because it's never worth the money. It's never worth that anymore because there's too many other trucking jobs. So if you'll pay people better and treat them better uh, amazingly they'll stay and i know this is a foreign concept to nearly every trucking company so maybe they should uh, check that out and they can't survey each other <laughs> companies we asked our management team what the best thing to do is for drivers no echo ask the drivers if there's a theme fix it drivers 
You know, drivers will give you the truth if you'll fix it. Because they used to do, they haven't done surveys for a long time here, but they used to do these surveys and nothing ever got done. They'd post a thing about what the survey said and that'd be it. Then there'd be another survey in a few months and nothing nothing ever happened. So eventually uh, people just don't fill them out. So survey the drivers, fix it, and go on from there. I know this is something all people are looking for, which of course is minivans. <laughs> the Toyota Sienna is 25 years old. Can you believe it? <laughs> they have a 25th anniversary edition. And I don't know if people are saying, boy, I can't wait to get an anniversary edition of a minivan. Anyhow, it's in white or uh, pearl, right, or silver. It gets like illuminated door sills. Let's say 25th anniversary special carpeting. You get some of the stuff from the limited trim. So you get heated and ventilated seats, stuff like that. 20-inch wheels. I don't know if you've looked at tires lately. Uh, 20 inches pretty expensive you may want to get on tire rack and go price out some tires for your uh for your car and see how much they're 20 inches going to cost you you know 300 something per tire at least for good ones so uh for you minivan aficionados it can be front wheel drive or all wheel drive all right so that's really something i'm surprised that they're putting this out only 2525 editions will be available very clever soon to be seen at a barrett jackson auction near you i'm sure uh 25th anniversary sienna very surprising uh, maybe somebody will buy it just for the package or whatever uh, dealers will probably mark it up as some special uh you know collector's edition minivan or whatever believe me it isn't <laughs> now this online car shopping has gone about crazy carvana just lost their license in illinois to sell cars they've lost it in other states as well i'm telling you i'm begging you do not buy a car online that you have not seen from a place that uh, you don't know anything about. Just don't go do it. Yes, it's hard to get a car right now, but that doesn't matter. Okay, so they keep... Vroom is next, okay? They're probably worse, at least in reviews, than Carvana. You know, every time I see a video from somebody that has a bad experience of this, you know what one of the first things they say? Oh, I had no idea. I just wanted to make it an easy purchase. I, if I would have known... If I, there's thousands and thousands of videos uh, talking about the same thing. The same problem. Just so when you give them your money, when you're ready to buy a car, they're all about contacting you. And then once you give them your money, they all require some kind of deposit to hold the car or whatever. They're gone. They're disappeared. And you can't get in touch with them. Uh, they're having plate problems. This is a problem with Carvana and Vroom also, which I'm seeing in reviews. Many of them will have a, a temporary plate from another state on the car. That's generally not legal. Check your state. Most states require residents of that state to get a template from that state that's generally how it works some states know but usually that's the problem and what they're doing also is the plate runs out because they don't have the title they can't figure out where the title is they send you a template from even another state so i've seen that they'll just send it to you in the mail you can't do that okay some states only let you have one plate some states require you to have the registration on the car already the plates already on the car you can't template it in uh, certain states if you're from that state. So a lot of this stuff not allowed. And some people are just not getting their titles at all because these places are grew so fast. They have no idea what they're doing. People who wanted to save time on a car are spending days and weeks trying to figure out paperwork, have cars they can't drive. They trade their car in and the place doesn't pay their other car off. So now they have two car payments. Okay, and so you can say what you want about a dealer, but I've never had that problem with the dealer getting a car. You trade it in, it's taken care of. You go the paperwork, uh, eight to ten days, here we get the paperwork in the mail for the 
car, take it down to the DMV, never had any issues about it at all. So um, there may be something to be said for the dealer. And looking at the prices, they're any better at these you know, car, our online places than they are anywhere else, really. You know, uh, plus they have delivery fees of, you know, sometimes over a thousand dollars because the car's somewhere else. So they say, but they won't tell you where the car is. So for all you know, the car is right next to you. You have no idea. If you don't believe me? Order a car there and call them. Say, where's this car? Oh well, we don't uh, we don't disclose that. You know why they don't disclose it? Because they don't have any idea where it is either. Look, if you can track a hamburger running across town in a uh, DoorDash or an Uber Eats, you should be able to figure out where your car is. Any package you order, whatever, immediately gets tracking. You can track it all around the country or whatever. You can do all that stuff, but you cannot track your car at these places. It doesn't make any sense. Besides that, some of them come with problems, some don't. And uh, yeah, oh sure, you get a seven-day return policy. That doesn't matter. It's much easier to just not buy the car than go through the whole financing process, putting money down, buying the car, than having it canceled, trying to get your money back, or trying to find another car. It's way simpler just to go get your own car yourself and check it out yourself, take it on a long test drive, whatever you want to do, then negotiate the price or or a warranty or whatever into it right there when the car's standing in front of you. They have every reason to work with you then because they don't have your money yet. Once these places get your money and your financing, they're much less interested in hearing from you. They want to be on to the next person. So whoever has the money has the power in any kind of these sales anywhere. And so you keep your money in your pocket until you actually get the car like you would at a dealership. Just stay away from these kind of places. They just don't make uh, you know, sense for a purchase like that. It's not like you're buying a pack of socks. This is important. You need it to be right for you and everything. So just go look at the reviews for crying out loud don't be the next person that does another review that says oh if i had if i'd have heard about this well there's thousands of other people ahead of you that have posted the same kind of thing stay away from online car purchasing as of right now expanding on the deep dive into minivans <laughs> as if anyone would want to do that the honda odyssey has a new sport edition sport what it does same engine and everything just blacks out the headlights around fog light surrounds tail lights are darkened some black exterior trim pieces some red interior lighting ambient lighting stuff like that is that a red st stitching on the steering wheel does that make it sportier i don't know i don't think so it's extra cost of course comes with all the other stuff from the exl but all you're getting is a black or well, black wheels too so you get some blacked out stuff um I don't know. Nothing uh, can a Krylon couldn't do, right? Is Am I right? Let's hear it. Am I right out there? I think so. More minivan mayhem goes uh, in the sport package, so I'm going to have to pass on that. Uh, in a recent video that's been going around, which you may have seen, you can certainly look it up on any of the trucking channels. It reminded me of yet another reason why we are not on Mars. So... The reason we're not on Mars is because of dumb, stupid, idiot people. They're generally in jail. What happened to this driver is unknown. But uh, go look this video up while you can. He's This driver's what appears to be trying to exit a place in a way that he can't fit. And he's kind of bumped up against a pole. One of these you know yellow poles that stick up. And he just can't quite get around the pole. So he's getting stuck there. He's giving it the beans and nothing's happening. So he backs up a couple times. And then the next time he backs up even farther and just 
guns it out of there and pulls the whole tandems out of the trailer and drags the thing out of there. Now, what I actually have to believe is this is some kind of setup, um, honestly, because he drove, he continued to drive after he pulled the tires out. He just continued to drive. He pulled the whole thing out and just continued to run the corner. So why this is posted, um, I don't know. I don't know. If it's a setup, then no. But if this is something real, and you can go see the video. It's a short video, a minute maybe. So uh, you can go look at that. If this is something real, what did the driver do once he left the area? The wheels were still there against the pole. So I don't know what was happening. I think this is some kind of dismantling service or something. I have no idea what was going on. If this is a real story, this kind of person is why we're not on Mars. Someone that could ruin a trailer and just drive off. I don't know how far he got. Presumably then pull the pin, leave it there, and just leave the whole scene of everything. If you've delivered there, they obviously know who you are. They're going to be able to call somebody. If not, there's got to be some kind of identifying markers on there. Plus, it's being videotaped and posted. All that money spent on that could be spent not to send a truck down the road, but to send a vehicle to Mars with us in it to go visit Elon Musk's summer home and to see the roadster that's out in space. But it isn't. It can't be. It will not be. Because it's being wasted to fix, if it can even be fixed, this trailer. Which probably would just be totaled at that point. It's such a waste. And I'm going to hope, I'm going to hope that it's not real. Please go, go look at that video and see, let me know what you think. Is this the reason we're not on Mars? Or am I being fooled right here on this flat Earth planet? Let me know. Alright, so thanks for listening. And uh, we'll be back soon with another Trucking Answers.